I'm real excited about this series. This is week three on laying hold of your inheritance. And it's time for the blessings of God to manifest in this realm in your life. God has given you an inheritance. If you haven't listened to the last two weeks, I want to encourage you to get our church app. They could help you with that at the Welcome Center. Get online, uh, on our website, whatever, and, and listen to those messages, outline them, because God has given you an inheritance. And I'll, I'll just kind of tell you a little bit about what we've been talking about. We haven't been talking about our opinion. The word is very clear that Jesus is the lawful owner of all things. He inherited everything, right? And we are co-heirs with him. So you have an inheritance. But that, and that inheritance, as Colossians tells us, it is incorruptible. There is nothing you can do to ever mess it up. And if you don't grab it through faith and bring it into this realm and use it in this, in this life, guess what? When you get to heaven and you no longer need it, you're going to see it's still there. It would have been there for you all the time. But I know you guys, let's grab hold of it now, right? So we're talking about how to lay hold of our inheritance. God wants you well. He wants you living in increase. Poverty and lack have no place in your life. You've been redeemed from the curse of sickness, disease, pain, poverty, and lack. You've, as you've been redeemed from spiritual death. You've been made righteous, so now no weapon formed against you will prosper, right? Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you could condemn that tongue. Why? Because you are unaccusable in Christ. Amen? Amen. So let's get into this. I want to take a look. We've kind of gone the last two weeks to get to this week. I want to start talking to you. We're going to take a snapshot into the life and ministry of Jesus in one day of his ministry, we're going to see that he preached a very powerful message, the parable of the sower, right? He preaches this message. He said this parable was so important that if you don't understand this parable, you, how can you understand any of them? It, it unlocks the keys to the mysteries of the kingdom of God. The whole thing is about having ears to hear. All of these things. He talked about this so strongly because this is a key that will show you how to lay hold of your inheritance. And then right after that, a situation shows up. Jesus tells them, listen guys, okay, we're done here. Let's go to the other side. Right after hearing this message that completely laid out how they can receive everything that God has said to them through faith. Something happened to try to keep them from going to the other side. So we're paralleling this, and I want you to keep this in mind as we get into Mark chapter 4. This is so important. When Jesus said, after he was done, they got into a ship, and, and, and Jesus said, we are going to the other side. That was the word of God. They got a word from God. Right? We know Jesus only said the things that he heard his father say. He only did the things that he saw him say. So there was a word from God, we're going to the other side. And then Satan stirs up a storm to try to keep them from getting to the other side. So what I mean by that is this. 
your other side might be like on this side, Jesus is saying, listen, I bore your sickness. I carried your pain. By my stripes, you were healed, right? So your other side is what? When that healing literally manifests in your body and there's no more tumor, the joint works perfectly, there's no more pain. Your other side might be, listen, my God shall supply all of my needs according to, to his riches and glory and it'll come to me through Christ. Your other side might be financial increase. So that's what we mean by going to the other side. We're gonna lay out tonight how you can have victory in every situation of your life. God wants your life to look exactly like the word said. But you know, we have to preach these things, we have to teach these things, because the word of God is very clear. It doesn't, as Brother Hagin would say, it doesn't just fall on us like ripe cherries off of a tree. We have to lay hold. You must lay hold through faith what God has freely given you by his grace. And he's given you an inheritance. And he wants you to have it. You need it. Amen? So let's get into this. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Now, and in, in we're going to start a little up from here in verse 9. But in verses 3 through 8, Jesus is telling the parable of the sower. He's telling a parable. He's preaching a message about the parable of the sower. And then in, in verse 9... He finishes and he says this, he that has ears to hear, and this word hear literally means I, I, I'm coming to the word of God, I'm hearing it, I'm giving my full attention to it with the intention of doing what it says. He who has ears to hear, it's not talking about listening, it's talking about hearing. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This whole parable, you know, we've taught on this many times. The whole parable is about hearing the word of God. And you might think that's simple, but all of you have cell phones, I, you know, Apple watches, email, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You got 8 million distractions that can keep you from hearing the word of God, right? We don't come in to hear the word of God and go, okay, I'm coming tonight to hear the word. And I'm going to decide when I'm, when I'm listening to it, well, you know, I really like, man, I like that Pastor Dave part. You know, that, that's, that I love that God wants to bless you part. But that other part about sowing, ah, no, you'll never hear the word of God like that. Right? We receive the word. We have to hear it. We know Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the word of God. And we receive our inheritance only one way, through faith. Okay? So verse 9, he said to them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. To lay hold of your inheritance, any part of it, you are going to have to hear the word of God. For every assignment that you have in this life, Every assignment. God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. That Your steps are ordered, right? You're not employed. You're deployed by God into this earth for such a time as this. But you're going to need, for every assignment to complete it, you're going to need a word from God. That's why when you're believing God for something, 
You know, you come up here and say, Pastor, please pray with me. I'm going to be like, yeah, man, I'm all in on that thing. Okay, I'm believing God for this. My first question is going to be, what two or three scriptures are you standing on? And if the answer to that is, well, uh, okay, well, let's back up here. It's not time to pray yet. Let's find out what the word of God says. Because without the word, if we don't have a word, we're never going to get to the other side. Does that make sense? You can't. So we have to have a word from God. What was it? F.F. Bosworth said this, faith begins, right? Where the will of God is known. And God's word is his will. Verse 10, and when he was alone, so Jesus preaches, he, le- he goes and he's alone now, and this group, and they that were about him with the 12. So there was the 12, and then there were others that were with him. Look at what happened. They asked of him the parable. I mean, you could see Peter, right? Big mouth Peter, while Jesus is preaching. Yeah, that's awesome. Amen. 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 Yeah, tell it. Tell it like it ought to be told, Jesus. (laughs) Then when it's all over, Peter's like, hey, uh, Jesus, can you kind of explain that to me? Because I had no idea what you're talking about, but it sounds like something that I really, really need to know, right? So these people came to him and asked him of the parable. And look at what Jesus said. No, you weren't there. You weren't listening. I'm not going to tell you. No, no, no. He said that this group of people that came back, they were ones that had ears to hear. Tonight, you're going to possibly hear a lot of things, whether or you could be either be listening or hearing tonight. But I'm t- I want to encourage you, and I think we've got a lot of hearers in this church, go back and listen to these messages again. So they asked him of the parable, and he says to them, unto you, you what? You that came back and asked, and asked about this. Unto you... It is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to them that are without, without what? Without ears to hear. All these things are done in parables that seeing they may see and not perceive. Right? Has that ever happened? There's people that come to church and they actually... They actually hear some things, they they listen to some things, they actually even understand it, and they think, man, I could quote Mark 11, 24, so I'm good, but it's all here, they never really heard any of it because they didn't do what? They didn't meditate in the word, They they didn't continue in it. All these things are done in parables that seeing, they may see, but they won't perceive. That means they won't ever know or understand. That's what that Greek word perceive is. They saw it, but they don't really know it, and they don't really understand it. To lay hold of your inheritance, you're going to have to know and understand. Because we have an enemy, he's been stripped of his power, but he's a master deceiver. Right? And he's coming to create all kinds of situations to get you to let go of what God has promised you, right? And you don't ever want to do that. And I know you know that's true. It says here that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear 
but they, but they won't understand. This word understand in the Greek, it means they won't be able to comprehend it and put it together. I remember for years I would hear the word of God, but it's like I couldn't make the dots connect. And I didn't know it. It's because I had this heart attitude, this lie of the enemy that I was worthless and that, you know, God loved everybody else, but this world would be a better place if I wasn't there. And I never could, but then when I found out, wow, God loves me. This was just a lie of the enemy. And all that, all of a sudden I started perceiving, I started comprehending, I started understanding with my spirit. And I'm like, man, this is God's word to me, right? God wants you to know he loves you. Jesus came and redeemed you from the curse of the law, right? And he wants you to lay hold of it, and he wants you to go to the other side so that you're a walking, living example. So many Christians live in victory just in theory, right? They, they, they watch some of these great teachers on TV. They come here, they hear this word, and they're like, wow, that's my answer, but God wants you to live in victory experientially. He wants you to experience his victory, right? It says here, lest at any time they should be converted and their sin should be forgiven them. So God wants us to lay hold of everything that Jesus has provided for us. However, as a wise father, he knows that it's going to take a total commitment on our part. That's going to be necessary to hold up against everything the enemy's going to throw at you. Amen. Right? He's going to try to get you to let go. He can't kick your door down and knock it out of your hand. No, he has to get you to let go of it. So then he says in verse 13, And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? Then how will you know all parables? So in other words, this is a foundation to how everything in the kingdom works. Verse 14, now he's going to explain the parable. The sower sows the word. In other words, the word of God is likened to a seed that is sown in the hearts of people. Luke chapter 8, don't turn there. Luke chapter 8 and verse 11 it's the parable of the sower. Luke's account says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. So we know that the seed is talking about the word of God. And we're going to see four different types of ground, but because God is no respecter of persons, do you think God knows what kind of ground you are? Absolutely does. But even if you're wayside ground, stony ground, thorny ground, guess what? He's still going to sow the same word to everybody because he loves everybody. If, remember, it's whosoever will, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Whosoever will, let him come. God is the God that would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Jesus has provided healing for all. He's provided prosperity for all. That's, we, we went over that in week one, right? The overall definition of salvation is amazing. The sower sowed the same seed into every type of ground, but the seed 
produced different results based on the soil. Only one of the four soils produced anything, and out of that, only a third produced a hundredfold return. Okay? The results, in other words, are not dependent upon the seed. God's word is full of life and power. But what God's word produces, is de- it, it, it depends on the soil. So that, it, that's everything. That's why your attitude towards the word of God is everything. Having God as a peripheral in your life, it just doesn't work. Now, he's so good, he, he can maybe get something over to you once in a great while, but this deal doesn't work unless he's the first and the center. Why? Because we're created that way. Right? And it's a great life. The results are dependent upon the ground. So this whole parable is dealing with the condition of our heart when we receive the word. Do you see that? We're going to see that as we go. The word of God in you and I will produce fruit. God's will comes into your life in the form of his word. And God's God's will flows out of your your spirit, man. How does it flow out? In the form of desires. He leads us. It's a, a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. Your heart Your spirit is designed to grow things. Remember how we said everything. You have been given everything. The moment you got born again, you were given all things that pertain to life and godliness. You were blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now you were given everything. That's how come you'll hear me say the future of a believer is not in front of them. It's within them. Your whole inheritance is already yours. It's already yours. But the only way to access it and bring it into this realm is through faith. You have to believe it and you have to act on it. And that's why we keep preaching the word of God so that faith would be birthed in people. Verse 15, Mark 4, 15. So now here's the first soil. These are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard... Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. This this key, you have to understand the Greek phrase, taketh away. It literally means, literally, to make to doubt. Satan comes immediately to make you doubt the word. Have you ever been believing God for something? And he's like, in a flash, man, you've been believing God for this and that didn't happen and this and that didn't happen. And, and you know, right? All this stuff, he will bring everything to try to make you doubt the word because that's the only way he could take it away. Because here in the King James, I mean, right here in Mark, it, it says takes away. But we got to see the Greek. It's make to doubt. In Matthew's account of this parable, in Matthew 13, 19, it says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, 
Then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Wayside ground represent people with really no interest. Now, all of us know what that is because we've all been probably wayside ground at one point in our life or in one area, right? Yeah, don't talk to me about that Holy Spirit stuff, right? Ah, that's, that's just uncomfortable. Don't, 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 you know, tithing, pastor, don't. I'll, I will leave this church. I told one brother, uh, he was a, a, a sheriff in, in one of the counties, not Omaha, uh, <laughs> He came and his brother had come and his brother was coming and, and he was just kind of ticked at me. So I went to lunch with this, this sheriff and, and another pastor in town and, uh, and they were saying, yeah, my, you know, I asked him how his brother was doing because I hadn't seen him. Well, you know, he kind of got mad at you because all, all you ever do, every, every, every sermon, every time you take an offering, you talk about money. And they, he kind of said it in a way like he expected me to apologize for that. And so I looked at him and I said, oh, I go, just tell him to come a few minutes later. Because he already comes late. Just come a few minutes later and he won't even have to hear anything about an offering. Right? And then I said, I go, let me ask you a question. How's his finances? Oh, not good. You know, he's been struggling. Well, of course he has been. Right? Funny. If you keep listening, if you keep feeding, if you keep watering the word of God, then Satan can never take it from you because you will never doubt it. You keep feeding on it. You keep hearing. You keep meditating on the word. You keep speaking it. And you'll never, ever doubt it. Right? Silence. Silence is the sound of defeat for a Christian. Man, I'm telling you, let them continually say the word says. The word is never to depart out of our mouth. Every time a thought comes that tells you you don't have or can't have what God said he gave you, you need to respond by it. It is written. Amen. Father, I thank you. By your stripes, I'm healed. Right? Well, I'm just, you know, I just, I, I'm, I've been a failure and I just, I just need to be successful. And, and when I get successful, brother, you are. When you get born again, you are a complete success. And the way it works now is now every defeat, every failure, all the junk you've ever done in your life has to bow to the word of God and to the name of Jesus. And if you'll start that process the word will go to work. The Holy Spirit will lead you. And I'm telling you, he'll take you places you never dreamed possible. Right? The Bible is so clear on this. In other words, Satan is able to take the word away that you neglect. So now let's look at stony ground. Verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. Now I want you to be thinking about this in relation to you laying hold of what God has promised you, whatever you're going through tonight. 
This is all about you getting to the other side. The other side represents when you lay hold of your inheritance and you see it in this realm. Okay? So now we talked about wayside ground. In other words, if you're going to be one that lays hold of your inheritance, you've got to never be wayside ground. Amen. Right? You, gotta, you, you have to. You have, if, if the word of God is not... See, you've heard me say this before. If the word is in this position in your life and your circumstances are here, then your circumstances will never move you. But if it ever goes like this, now the word's not going to move you. Your circumstances will move you, right? So we can't ever let that happen, okay? So now let's look at stony ground. Who, when they have heard... The word, immediately they receive it with gladness. Now, I have been stony ground many times. And man, have you ever been sitting in a... Uh, Brother Copeland, man, I remember sitting in an Anaheim Convention Center in a meeting in the early 80s and hearing how God wants to bless you. And I was in a financial disaster mess, right? I'm working at four different McDonald's. You know, I'm in high school living on my own. And I hear that, I hear scripture after scripture, how God wants you blessed. And I'm like, wow, stony ground, I receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves. This word, this word root literally means moisture. When you have no moisture in yourself, what does that mean? You're not living with a lifestyle of watering the word. How do you water the word? You all brought your waterer tonight. It's one inch underneath your nose. You hear the word for the purpose of now meditating in the word of God. And what meditating in the word, you mutter it, you say it over and over and over. See, I would go to those meetings and I'd hear it and I'd be like, man, that is my answer. I'm going to be blessed. I know God wants me to prosper. But then I would leave that meeting and I wouldn't water it. And pretty soon, what your circumstances are crushing and staring you in the face and lack. And, and then you let it go. Thank God God never gives up. You just keep hearing it. If there's one thing I'm so glad that I've always done, I always kept running back to God, running back to his word. Because, man, I'm, I'm telling you, here, here is my testimony. I'm just so glad. You know, there's so many pastors, man. These guys, they grow up. They're just wonderful people. They go to Bible school, and they just start pastoring, and they just are phenomenal people. And then there's Tony. I'm just glad God never gave up on me. My motto is, it's not how you start the race. It is how you finish the race. And, brother, I'm finishing because I'm not letting the word of God depart out of my mouth. I'm going to give it my undivided attention, right? I'm going to keep it ever before my eyes. I'm going to keep it in the midst of my heart because it is life to me because I found it and it's health and medicine to all my flesh. So that's what this is talking about. They have no root. They stopped watering the seed. How do you water the seed? You listen to teaching. Right, If you go start my car right now, you're going to hear Brother Hagen's voice. Even though he's in heaven, I still have all this stuff, right? I've got 600 gig of teaching 
on my phone. And I'm always listening to the word. I'm always reading the word. I'm always speaking the word. Why? Because it's the word of God that keeps me. It is life to anyone who will find it. Whosoever will, let him come, right? They were unwilling to water the word. Well, I'm just too, I'm just too tired. I'm just too tired to come to church tonight. Like when you come here, we make you work out. There is not a treadmill. There is not a treadmill in this place, right? There are no dumbbells, kettlebells. There's, there's nothing, right? But, you know, I'm just, I'm just too busy. No, you're not. This is life. We're talking about life. We're talking about, see, God has given you an inheritance. You don't have to work for your inheritance. But if you don't walk in light revelation knowledge of God's word, you're going to try to keep, you're going to be begging God and trying to work hard enough to try to get something that you've already been given. You're going to just be knocking yourself out. I just got to live for God. Then you fall flat on your face and you get up. I just got to live for God. And you never figure out, this is not about living for God. It's about God living through you. Faith is not hard. Faith is a rest. Right? When you cease from trying to figure it out, and you just lift your arms and thank God, and you let the word of God do the work. That's what we're talking about here. They have no root in themselves, and so they endure for a time, but afterward, here comes the twins, affliction and persecution. It arises, notice, for the word's sake. Satan, persecution, and affliction persecution. Let's look at this. Well, let's do affliction first. Affliction, this Greek word means tests, trials, and pressures, which try to produce an attitude in you that, man, this is just too hard. Persecution arises for the word's sake. Immediately, they are offended. This word offended means in the Greek, they are entrapped, they're tripped up, and, they, and they're caused to distrust who they should be trusting. I'm no longer trusting that what God said he gave me in his word. I'm no longer trusting that this is true. Right? They are immediately are offended. Luke's account in Luke 8.13, it says, They on the rock are they, which when they hear, they receive the word with joy. And these have no root, again, no moisture, which for a while believe, but in the time of temptation, they fall away. They crumble. You know, faith never crumbles. There's a lot of people that think they're in faith and they're wondering, well, you know, if my faith, if I just had more faith, and yet Jesus never talked about having more faith. He talked about you using the faith that you have. He said, man, if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, be removed and be cast. So it's not a matter of, don't, don't, don't worry about more faith. Just keep hearing, right? Your faith will grow and develop as you're walking it out. Man, there's a lot of people that think because they could quote a couple scriptures, they're in faith and they're not even in faith, right? So this is so important Notice how Satan is coming after the word. Why? To separate you from faith. Because once you're separated from faith, 
You can't lay hold of your inheritance. So he's coming after the word. Remember Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing, in other words, cometh by the word of God, right? Satan cannot stop faith. He can't stop it. If Satan doesn't separate you from your faith, your marriage could be healed. Your body could be healed. Your finances could increase. If he can't separate you from your faith. That's how come we having the same spirit of faith, right? We don't look at the things that we could see. We look at the things we cannot see. The word of God. We fix our eyes on Jesus. We speak his word. Let every, every circumstance, let every person be a liar, but let God be true. Here's, now, now just hold your finger here real quick. I want to go through a couple passages of scripture in relation to this. Stony ground, because you're going to see these disciples in this boat, this was stony ground. Okay, but let's look at an example, Psalm 1-1 through 1-3. Look at what it says in relation to this. It says, blessed, which means empowered to prosper, is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That word counsel means in the advice and in the plan of the ungodly. If somebody is ungodly, if they're not living for the Lord, I'm not interested in their advice and I'm not interested in their plan. Nor stands in the way, that means this word way means the course of life and in the conversation of sinners. These are people that have a lifestyle. What's sin? They're missing the mark. What is the mark? The mark is the word. If you want to lay hold of your inheritance, you cannot be walking, standing, and sitting in certain places. Right? Here's a big sin. Ready? Saying that you cannot have what God gave you. Well, God heals some and not others. Uh, can't, I can't listen to that stuff. Right? If that stuff ever starts getting preached in this pulpit, you need, don't, don't walk, just run. Run through that door, turn right, run through. Pastor, love you, we'll pray for you. Gotta go here, gotta go somewhere where the word's being taught. Right? Because you can't hear that nonsense. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. The scornful is really a good one, right? One who teaches others about others. Right? You stay away from that stuff. Verse two, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now, to a New Testament believer, you could say this, but his delight is in the word of God. And in his law or in his word, does he meditate day and night? Do you get it? He's watering, watering the seed. Look at this. He meditates in it day and night. You only have to do it twice a day. Right? So if you look at this, this man has separated himself by delighting in the word of God. This man has built an image on the inside of his heart of his life being lived in line with what God has said about him. It says, this man, verse three, shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. My life is constantly fed and, and moist 
inwardly, not outwardly. Does that make sense? That brings forth his fruit in his season. Aren't you glad that if you want to stand before the Lord and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And guys, we're about to go from faith to sight. We are at the end of the end of the church age, right? And he's coming with his reward in his hand. If you want to hear, well done, how are you going to yield all your fruit? Well, if I go to eight evangelism classes, no. No, if you decide to start delighting in the word of God, meditating in it day and night, God says you will yield all your fruit in your season. That's your life here on this earth. It says also, his leaf will not wither. That means everything stays fresh. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. I like the Hebrew. When you study that Hebrew word, it literally means whatever he does will be brought to maturity. Wow. The watering of the seed is the only thing that will cause you and I to withstand the, the, the twins, the pressure of affliction and persecution. Just keep watering the seed and you'll be able to stand immovable through all of it. So let's look at thorny ground real quick. These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, but then look at this, the cares of this world, right? They, they develop an attitude in you that says, man, I just don't have time. I got too much stuff going on. I can't meditate in the word. I'm not, I'm not like you, Pastor Tony. You only work twice a week, right? You know, and you can just live in the word. All, you never have anything else to do, right? It'll get you to say, I don't have time. The deceitfulness of riches. What does that do? It'll get you to put your job, your career, all these things in your life above the word. And the lust, that word, that word lust means the desire of other things. The desire for other things will produce an attitude in you that just says, I don't want to put God first. Notice, these things enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So thorny ground, Satan doesn't have to come take it. He can go on vacation. You're, you're, you're just, you're literally, it, it's going to, all these things in your life is going to come in. That, that's why we said God has to be center. Right? He is your life. So the commentary, the Tony Finley commentary on this verse, these two verses, the desire for the things of this world become greater than the desire to continue to give attention to the word of God. Well, what does that have to do with getting to the other side? So I'm believing God for my healing. And man, I got things happening in my life. I got things happening at work. The thoughts and then pretty soon I start looking at things and the desire for other things. You know, maybe this chiropractor will help me or maybe, oh, this vitamin. And, and I, I get so into this that I stop saying it is written, it is written, it is written. And now I'm not, I'm not going to the other side anymore. Do you see that? Stony ground is I'm not... I've just got my eyes on all this stuff that's happening and I stopped watering the word and now I can't get to the other side. Wayside ground, I'm not going anywhere because I don't really care. The word is not really my answer. Do you see how this works? 
see this person's thorny ground, this person is mixing everything in their life with the word of God. This person is not totally committed to God. They're mixing everything else in the world with with God, and and it chokes the word. If you're hearing wrong things, it's going to choke the word. In other words, this is talking about a way of life. Why am I saying this? I'm your pastor, and I love you. I want you to get to the other side, but you might have to change your way of life. You might have to change some things. You know, you, I mean, you might have to eat a Brussels sprout spiritually. <laughs> right? What do they say? The, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting something different? No, no. If you got to change your life, you might have to change who are your close friends. Because, see, I could tell you this, Satan is playing for keeps. He wants you out of the, he he wants not only to kill you, but he wants to steal the word of God so that he can kill and destroy things in your life and hold you up to your family, to your kids, to the world, and say, see, that God stuff just doesn't work. And he can't do it unless you let him. Well, we're not going to let him, are we? Not going to let him. There are, see, Satan is not taking the word of God. He doesn't have to. There are no works. There's no corresponding action. So faith is barren. Do you see that? The attention you give God's word determines what you're going to have. Verse 20, let's talk real quick about good ground. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, And receive it. Here's the key. The word receive literally means they approve it, they take it up, and then they continue in it. They look and they keep on looking. They keep keep meditating in the word of God. They keep saying it, saying it. It is written. It is written. And they receive it and bring forth fruit. Notice They're not bringing forth fruit. The word is bringing forth fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100. The different results are based on our attitude towards the word. So let me ask you this. By a show of hands, do you want to be 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold? I'm going to go with 100-fold. I'm not a rocket scientist, right? But yeah, so guess what? You get to pick what kind of ground you are. It's your attitude to the word. Isn't that good news? Because God's no respecter of persons, and this inheritance, he's already given it to you. It's yours. He wants you to walk in it. That's why he says, here's another example of good ground. And you could just, you just listen to this, because we're going to go a little faster, because I've been going really slow up to this point. I'm teasing. Just look up on the screen, put it in your notes, Proverbs 20, I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter 4, Verse 20 to verse 22 is a great example of how to be good ground. It is literally the prescription of taking the word of God, which is medicine. My son, attend to my words. Give my words first place. Make my words your final authority. Very simple, right? Incline your ear unto my sayings. Give 
the wor my words, your undivided attention. No, you're not dividing it. No, you have my undivided attention. Let them, my words, not depart from your eyes. Always see yourself having, being, and doing what God's word says. Right? Keep them, my words, in the center of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them. This word find means to attain by being in motion. You're going to the other side. You've, what you believe you receive when you pray, that's you getting in the boat. And now you're going to the other side and you're speaking the word of God. And when that pain hits your body, you're like, pain, you have to leave my body in the name of Jesus, for it is written... Father, I thank you that your healing power is working and affecting a cure in my body, and you're going to the other side. I'm here to tell you that no doctor's report, no, listen, you have to die, no stage four cancer, nothing is greater than the word of God, and if you'll keep it in your mouth, in your heart, incline your ear to it, keep it before your eyes, you will get to the other side where you see that doctor go, wow, we've done another MRI. There is no cancer. This is, it's just gone. How? I don't know. And you can just smile and say, well, thank you so much. And you're, you know, you're excited, but you've really been excited. Right? You don't get excited when it manifests because to you, you got excited when you believed you received because you know if my father said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. He put the greater one on the inside of me to lead me into all this stuff. I can't fail. Isn't that good news? Wow. For they, my words, are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 is another good picture of Mark chapter 4 verse 20. Good ground. God told Joshua, he said, listen, this book of the law, in other words, New Testament believer, God would say to you, the word of God shall not depart out of your mouth. What was Joshua going to do? He was going to lead the children of Israel into their inheritance into their inheritance. First thing he says, listen, the word of God shall never depart from your mouth, Joshua. Right? It says here, or the Knox translation, I love this translation of this verse. It says, let God's word govern your utterance. In other words, the word is to always be in your mouth. But Joshua, but you shall meditate therein, therein what? In my word, day and night, that you may observe to do, observe yourself doing according to all that is written therein. For then, Joshua, you shall make your way prosperous. Notice, I can't make Pastor Dave's way prosperous. I am your pastor, and I could teach you, and I'm telling you, I'm, I've got gifts inside of me. There's a grace, there's an anointing to equip you to go do the work of the ministry so that the body of Christ is built up to go walk out your path, but I can't make your way prosperous. Only you could make your way prosperous, and Satan can't keep your way from being prosperous. He is defeated. Look at that. 
You shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. So now let's jump back. Mark chapter 4. Let's jump to verse 24 now. Jump a few verses on. And Jesus said unto them, Take heed what you hear. It's the Greek word tis. It could be translated, take heed what you hear. It could be translated, take heed who you hear. With what measure you meet, that means with what measure you measure, it shall be measured unto you. In other words, what limits you? Only you. Isn't that good news? It sounds a lot like what, it, what God told him in Numbers. As truly as I live, whatever you say in my ears, that's what I'm going to allow in your life. Mark chapter 11, right? You know this one. Verse 23. What, right? Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, right? But shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. Wow. Right? That's amazing. That'll blow out some religious cobwebs of you're this old wretch and you never know what God's going to do, right? Be careful. The way that you measure, it's going to be measured unto you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that has, ears, he that has to him shall be given. Has what? You could put in your Bible. He that has ears to hear, to him shall be given. He that has not, what? Ears to hear. Look at this. From him shall be taken even that which he has. Well, what is he talking about? Let's look at what he's talking about, the parable of the sower. He takes the word. He makes you doubt it. Do you see that? See, the first time you hear the word, man, if this is the first time you've heard this, this is planting. If you've been here for a while and this is the 500th time that you've heard this, guess what I'm doing? I'm watering. But I love 1 Corinthians 3, 7. We got to keep our eye on the ball here. I'm just going to read the end of this. Verse Corinthians 3, 7. Paul said this, So neither is he that plants anything... Neither he that waters, but what does matter? It's God that gives the increase. In other words, the person is never the focus. God's word is always the focus. His word will produce all of your inheritance. God is able to give increase to that which you keep first place in your life. The difference is our attitude and diligence to the things of God. Only, only we can control what type of ground we are. Good ground takes the word personally. All the other grounds, wayside, stony, thorny ground, they did not take the word personally. When you read the Bible, you need to realize it is God speaking to me. Tonight, as this message is going out, it's coming out of me, but the Holy Spirit is the teacher, and God's talking to every one of you about you. Right? He just, that's what he does. 
So verse 33, I want you to jump down to Mark chapter 4, verse 33 now. It says, look at this. And with many such parables spoke he the word unto them, look at this, as they were able to hear it. God does not cast his pearls before swine, guys. The more you have ears to hear, the more God will be able to talk to you. Jesus, when he ministered, he ministered. He wasn't trying to withhold anything from anybody. He spoke to them. Look, isn't that powerful? As they were able to hear it. You have to realize this. The entrance or the opening of God's word, right, gives light. You cannot go any further than you have light. Revelation knowledge of his word. What you can possess that God has given you depends on how much light you have. And you have unlimited access to all the light that you want. Isn't that good news? Revelation of God's word in your heart is light. See, I know this is real simple. This is Tony Finley simple here. You can't possess more than you could hold. And I'm here to tell you tonight, your capacity to hold revelation knowledge is unlimited. But you have to make that choice. Verse 35, look at this. And the same day when the evening was come, so now after he preached this message, after he explained it to all his disciples, the evening comes, and he said unto them, See, I love that. He was preaching all day. Right? The modern day church, man, it's got to be an hour service. Are you kidding me? Right? The same day when evening was come, he said unto them, let us pass over to the other side. Why would Jesus say that? Because his father said, pass over to the other side. Because Jesus only said what he heard his father say. He told us that right? So in other words, they got a word from God, okay? That storm had no power to sink those boats. That ship was not going under. If we're going to complete any assignment from God, like I said earlier, we need a word. The other side, again, being where you obtain these promises, your inheritance. Notice Jesus did not say, let us go to the other side as long as the weather is really nice. The reason why he said nothing about the weather is because nothing the enemy can throw at you is anything compared to what his word is. A fiery furnace is no match to the fourth one that's in the furnace with you. Right? The Red Sea is no match. Right? A lion's den means nothing. A nine foot six Goliath is nothing to God. Nothing in your life that Satan could ever throw at you, it's, it's literally nothing in comparison to the greater one that's on the inside of you. So Jesus said, let's go to the other side. 
Verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him. Now check this out. They took him. And then it says this. Even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. Do you know in your life, as you are, wherever you are in this ship going to the other side, do you know there's always going to be other little ships? There's going to be other people's lives that are watching you. And you going to the other side is going to affect them being able to go to the other side. But the problem is they took him even as he was in the ship. This is denoting they stopped looking at him the way he really was. Who was Jesus? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. And one of those disciples in that ship wrote in verse 14 of John chapter 1, and the Word became flesh. And we beheld his glory, right? He dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. They had the very word of God in the boat with them. But they just put him in the ship as he was. This is is sometimes people, when they go to church on Christmas or Easter, they have to, they get the Bible out and they, right? Or, or, you know, it's, you hear people go, darn it, because when they open up, it's like, shh, and they tear a page because it's stuck together, right? No, 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 no. Wear your Bible out. If you don't have a Bible that you could write in, find one, right? Buy it and write in it. Look at this. This is why Satan tries to stop you because it's not just about you. It's about your kids. It's about your grandkids. It's about everybody you work with. It's about all those that are watching your life that you don't even know. Verse 37, and there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that the ship was now full. The devil brings storms into your life to separate you from faith. Why? For the purpose of keeping you from getting to the other side and laying hold of your inheritance. He does not want you to... Because see, when you believe you receive, over here, Father, I believe I receive my healing right now. That means I believe I receive it and I'll have it. So I have it right now. And as I'm going to the other side, I keep the word of God in my mouth. He's going to bring storms. He's going to bring situations. Maybe doctor's reports tell you it's going in a different direction. But if you will not believe that... You will get to the other side and you will get, you'll see it in this realm. Why? Because God is not a man that he should lie. Titus tells us he's the God who cannot lie. I love that. Verse 38, and he, Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship. He was asleep on a pillow. Why? Because he's going to the other side. He's at rest. He didn't, he didn't feel like he had to be out there going, okay, we got to, you know, we just got to be, beware, Satan's coming. No, he knew Satan's coming. He's going to sleep, right? Why? Because when you speak the word of God and you're fully persuaded, you rest. The highest expression of faith is rest. 
He was asleep on a pillow, and they woke him and said to him, Master, now that seems a little bit respectful, doesn't it? Yeah, but what did they say next? Don't you care that we perish? Wow, they're speaking that to Jesus. Why did they do that? Well, because they put him in the ship as he was. He's a man. Right? We do the same thing. Oh, I know, yeah. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many Rhema pastors I've talked to. Well, yeah, I know Mark 11, but 24, but... There is no but. As Pastor Hagen always says, when you say but, it negates everything you just said right up into the but. Right? Master, don't you care? So he gets up in verse 39, he arose, and then he does what he always does. He deals with the unseen first. He rebuked the wind, and then he spoke to the waves, and he said, peace, be still. Rick Renner says in the Greek, right, John? Rick Renner says it, peace be still. It's like he said to the, he said to the waves, shh. And all the waves just went, Whoosh. right? But then he said this, the wind ceased, there was a great calm, and then he turns to them and he says, why, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Why would he say that? Because he's like, guys, just a little while ago, I told you exactly how to be good ground. And you instantly, I even told you about stony ground, and you instantly became stony ground. And look at this. Now, you would think that these guys would be like, yeah. But they still didn't get it. Right? How is it that you have no faith? Look at, look at their response. And they all feared exceedingly, and they still were in fear. Are you kidding me? You just saw a miracle, and now you're still afraid. And said to one another, what kind of guy, what kind of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? In other words, they still didn't get it. But let's not give them too hard of a time. Not one of them were born again. Not one of them were spirit-filled. None of them had what we have, the epistles. The Holy Spirit was not living in them. Why am I saying this? Because everything about you is built to walk by faith and to be a terminator and to be able to stand in the middle of chaos and be at peace and say, nope. I believe God. I'm not ever going to be moved off this. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things are possible to me because I believe my Father. I believe the word of God. Right? So in closing, or at least the next pause... Once I get a word from God, I must hold on to that word. I got to hold on to it and to hold on to it. 
See, how do you hold on to the word? What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive. That means to seize hold of. Believe that you receive and you shall have. So how do I keep holding on? Right? I just keep thanking him now. There's nothing left to do. I already got it. I can't see it, but what's my title deed that it's mine? Faith. The mere fact, faith is my victory. The mere fact that he said, wait a minute, I bore your sickness and carried your pain. By my stripes you're healed. I'm already, I got it. So I keep it in my mouth. God's word, in other words, becomes the vessel that's going to take you to the other side. Do you see that? God's word will bring everything on the outside into divine order. It all must bow to what the word of God says. Everything must bow. God's word. Hebrews 4.12, right? It's full of life and power. Do you realize God's word has enough power in it to bring itself to pass? But it's got to be in the right soil. 